0: Okay, go ahead. Okay. Good afternoon, St. Louis, Missouri.
1: Denver, Colorado. Nashville, Tennessee. Baltimore, Maryland. Scottsdale, Arizona. Jacksonville, Florida. I'm back in Cuba. Batonville, Louisiana. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Topeka, Kansas. This Mississippi, Miami, Florida. Detroit, Michigan. Hampton, Virginia. Seattle, Washington. New York Strait, Standing Rock, North Dakota, I'm talking about that, Washington, D.C., and Kansas City, Missouri, home for the home of, I should say, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they won this weekend last, just this, this past week, we're going to launch with some Missouri Team of Comrades for October the 24th, 2020, my name is Alan Hosh, your host, and creator. hello and Reverend Ella ala good morning, afternoon, Rev, how you doing, sir?
0: Fine.
1: Sound like a wonder, brother and brother Scott, how you doing?
2: More blessed than I can be.
1: Was it kind of chilly on your bike today? What's that? Was it kind of chilly today right in?
3: Yes, it was chilly. The uh, the motorcycle registered at 48 degrees. Okay. That's cold, to me, at least. <laughs> okay, we well, we
1: broadcasting from beautiful Ferguson, Missouri, uh, on com at the Greatest St. Mark Sanctuary Complex, time and Pierce Revelations. Maritime building is our, is our host here. And also, uh, we're going to start without further ado, Prev. Reverend Allen Loud, pastor of the well, Walnut Park Bible Chapel Church and 55.7 Million Avenue, 63120. That's the Walnut Park Bible Chapel Church, 55.7 Million Avenue, 63120. That's the same Missouri. Uh, uh, the pastor is there, is our own Reverend Ellen Loud. 55, 47, 61,
4: for your New York, Missouri. That's the one that's part of the church. How you go, Real? That's the other three times. Fine. Okay, go ahead, sir. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your wonderful gospel. How did Christ die for our sin, was buried, and rose again? By continue believing to the saving of the soul, continues to make heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. And Heavenly Father, we thank we already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless the sick all over in the universe. I don't have to dictate to you, you already know what to do. And Heavenly Father, we just ask you uh, to continue to let us grow in grace and the knowledge of the truth, and the Holy Spirit continues to go out in the universe and convict spirits to be saved before it's ever too late, because you're coming soon, and we give great thanks for that in Jesus' most oh, precious name, Amen. Amen, Ray. I mean, that's, that's a prayer that like, universe, like, you know all know. And we just kind
0: of run around His little world, and, and this has been one of those uh, crazy, crazy weeks, you know. Uh,
1: Around the world, not just here, or otherwise, but we are blessed to enjoy
4: what God give us. So what do you got for us this week, Red? Uh Ira, I got uh it, the the this this title is uh Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. I've been in here once, but I'm gonna come out with some more different information for the people. The uh Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter and verse three. It said, but if our gospel be here, it is here to them that are lost. It's here to them that are lost because they never heard the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why it's hidden to them. They never heard it. Nobody never told them about it because you can't tell them about it unless God put it in you to tell them about it. And it's saying, in whom the God of this world, it's said in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. Talking about Satan. Satan is the God of this world. And that's why the gospel is hidden to them and to Jesus Christ coming to them. And by believing by faith, we walk by sight and we walk by faith, not by sight. And you come in by believing the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they go on to say, Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, to shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Well, how did God make the light shine out of the darkness? By walking by faith and not by sight. By believing that Jesus died for your sin, was buried and rose again. The Lord put that in you. Just like when he went down deep in the mud and got me up out of there. He put that light in me and brought me out and made something out of me. That I could preach the gospel today to you people so that you could get saved before it's ever too late. Because I was way down in that dark. Way, way, way. I was so far in there, it was pitiful. But God saw fit to save me so that he knew that I was going to preach his gospel. He knew because I came from him. We all come from God as a creature. I was a creature. Then, on my way to hell, when I came in the world because of my parents, they were sinners. And Jesus Christ died for their sins, but buried and rose again. And I believe He died for my sin, and He buried and rose again before I sleep and after I sleep. And that's why I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I know I can never be lost. I just thank Him for that. I appreciate the Lord. I'm happy about being saved.
1: Well, Reverend, you have to be happy, you know, and blessed when you know you can put your feet on solid ground. You know what I'm saying? That's a good
4: thing to have. I had, a, I was talking to a, a, a young man. He said, how can you be saved? how can you be saved by believing that jesus died for your sins was buried and rose again even if you even if you unsaved and want to be saved you still have to believe that jesus died for your sins was buried and rose again and that's the same thing that the same have to continue to believe that jesus died for his sin was buried and rose again and he passed from death unto life before he sleeps and after he sleeps. Well, Reverend, I know one, one of the things, okay, you know, uh, talking about I uh, have you know, and I can there, but you just mentioned, okay, from West, like that. A long time ago,
1: you know, God knew that you were both not 71 years old. And Scott, he's know, you a young, young pup behind the ears there. But uh, he and just all an three of us to be together at the same time with him to do what we're doing now, and neither one has the slightest idea he had in mind for us a long time ago. Amen. <laughs> I mean, because neither one of us, you know, could have could have planned, you no know, planned. I'm sorry, planned the, the path that which we have gone down to get here. But along the way, we got different knowledge and different understanding for different options portions of our lives that they blend it together, okay, for us to have a, you know a beautiful show. It's called Lucky from the Zillow Chamber of Commerce. And God is using us to reach a lot of people around the country around the world. Amen. You know what I mean? I, mean, I guess, and I know for you, Scott, we were much younger people. We didn't have a precise right idea of what internet radio was. You know, we was trying to figure out what the internet radio was. There you go. <laughs> you know, and now we are with internet radio. Yep. You know, and 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 matter of fact, you know, God has got us again. You know, on, on, on the cutting edge again, talking to Him. You know, Him. You know, and He's enough to talk to His people. Like you said, He leads you by faith and not by sight. Amen. And we didn't get here. We didn't get here with a roadmap. You know, we we all prayed together. You know, and we matter we prayed together. Matter of fact. You know, Scott, a couple years ago, at our Christmas, Christmas, uh, for, you know, you and I were able to get a prayer back then, remember that? Yep. We When real prayed a great prayer for us, Christmas, for
2: He always prays a b- great prayer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're fact. By the way, when real go places, you know, uh, when we start on beaches okay, we go places, prayer is always, you know, and, and that's that. Me, when, we when you meet meeting with prayer. You know, you get them with prayer. You put God, you invite them to the room to be a part of what you got going on. You know, and I, as we all know, you know, God, he, you know, He wants an invitation. He always can come in if He want to, but so He want to be invited in to be a part of what we're doing. And, and that's why we started doing this in our program years, we
0: first oh, six years ago. We pray for every program that we have, you know, inviting
1: God into it. You know, got our steps, you know, and he very good at guiding us to where he needs us to be at, with the people need to have on our program. And the program we need to have, and if I'll out tapping And always, you know, uh,
0: so, uh, sometimes you hear on our program, which we're here, we're here all next week, uh, we kind of give you a head start sometime on what's
1: going
4: on. hey, hey Ira, the yes, Lord sir. is telling them that the light has come into the world, but the world received it not. Amen. Why did receive it not? Because of unbelief. Unbelief is the unportable sin. If you don't believe Jesus died for your sins with buried and rose again, you're going to hell. And then you're going to go in the lake of fire, which is the second death. You're going to die twice because you're already dead in trespasses and sin until you believe Jesus died for your sins with buried and rose again. You pass from death unto life before you sleep and after you sleep. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to get born again. Believe the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God ain't playing. God warning you every day. Every day God comes when he saves a soul from going to a burning hell. Every day he comes, he's telling you in his word now. All over the universe, it's fires where they never been fired. It's earthquake in divers places. Everything going to all kind of catastrophe, all kind of drug dealers and everybody doing the wrong thing. But God can save you if you just believe in his death, his burial, and his resurrection before it's ever too late. Everybody need to be born again, from the president on down, all over the universe. Yeah, we,
1: we stuff, all of our people, they would say every day, like our government, our president, you know, uh not only them, our county, executives, our county, our county, all of them, our trustees, because uh, they're the ones making the laws on this earth that we're go, going by, and unfortunately, sometimes, you know, they're seeing things not through God's eyes, but through their own eyes, and it's not that exactly good sometimes.
4: Which I'll talk about a bit more in the program okay and I want to read something else a little quick about God. God is the temple of us and how we come into him is by believing in his word. The word of God is a gift and he gave it to each individual that believes the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's how we're going to be manifested in his new body which is in heaven, which is not dealing with this natural man that you see me now. It's dealing with the word. All of us become the word of God by believing his death, burial, and resurrection. And then everything is pointing to Jesus. The word is Jesus. The light is Jesus. Everything is Jesus. That's what they was talking about, Jesus. And you need to believe that. I want, I could holler at you and tell you to believe, 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 but it's still gonna take God's son to convict your spirit by the Holy Spirit to be saved. Cause I can't save nobody. I couldn't save myself, but I believe, and that's how I got in by believing. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Amen. His grace is that by grace through faith are you saved, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God is the only one who can save you. Believe me, get saved before it's too late. He's coming soon, and it's gonna be quicker than you think. And he, he make it. you alive when he comes. He comes every I, I, day when he, he saves a soul. And, and, and he the comes revelation. every day saving save his comes, soul. Come. People get saved all over the universe right now as I speak. You just don't know about it. The only person going to know when you save is you yourself as an individual has to believe. God knows what it takes to save you, but you don't. But God knows. Know I mean, wrong, you know, revel- One of the things okay, that people, people, uh, have to understand that
1: as we transcend from you know the times, this time last year, okay, um, people were making plans. I mean, made a whole lot of plans for traveling, a whole lot of plans for you know, games, football games, baseball games, all that stuff was just put up in the air, just like that, and God flicker just like that, and nobody knew how, what, when, where, and everybody was being positive in what they were going to do. Now they're praying for, praying to God now they can get things right. That, that's just a confirmation, okay, uh, that they walk walking by you know, faith now, you know, not by sight.
4: <laughs> Amen. People
1: because now they're when they're playing well, we, well, we're praying that things go well now. Huh? <laughs>
4: People, people need to believe the gospel. Uh-huh. And this is how you come in by walking by faith and not by sight, by believing his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I repeat that all the time because the death, burial, and resurrection is of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, He, the one that God was well pleased with. Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit convicts all the spirits to be saved before it's ever too late. Whether you save or unsaved, the Holy Spirit can convict your spirit when He get ready to save your soul, cause you can't save it on your own.
1: thank you very much for those encouraging, insightful, and no, in fact, I do insightful, but some words to live by as we go into the you know uh, this afternoon. And just you know. Keep praying, and prayers up, bless us down. Listen to Ferguson, USA, Hot dot com on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, kind of cold, the same as that Scott just said, and uh, right now, we thank Reverend Niles for another great prayer session, and we uh, on that note, Scott, to get out of here. Amen. This is the best of us. was a blessing, commerce.
0: Okay.
1: No matter the day,
0: no matter the time, make up in your mind to take over your life and choose to be successful.
1: today, I one of those shows that you're really going to hear in a few places other than with us. Uh, first of all, you know, we have some do prayer, some prayers up front already, but uh, I'm going to ask people to continue to pray, because as we go into this uh, this uh, uh, the weekend, you know, we're looking at over 224,000 people that, that have lost their lives. 224,000 people, and that's still counting, as we speak. We lost, well, I should said, we had over 83,000 new cases that were confirmed. Yes, yes, that's confirmed cases, 83,000. That's a lot of people. Now, that's the record so far for the virus. Mm-hmm. You know, 83,000 people. So, again, please don't wear your face mask. I know people saying saying uh, it doesn't. Matter, but uh, it's been proven, it's been tested, it's been shown. Uh, the doctors tell you this. You know, uh, you're going into buildings and stuff. If you don't want to be, wear it for yourself, okay, wear it for the person that's you may come across. You don't know who they are. They may be sick, you, and you want to. You know, you may look okay with your life, but think about saving another person. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, little kids and stuff. You know, some people—they're gonna take their virus home to the people they never met before. So don't, so, so don't just just be a, you know, a carrier like that. We ask you to please wash your hands. Excuse that's me. something anybody can do. You know, please social distance as much as you can because most places you go nowadays, you got marks on the street, you got circles, you got tape in the grocery stores. And you know, where are we going to shop at? Okay, so you can see they're trying their best to do that. There's a reason for that. And when somebody go into a store and they ask you to take your mask off, please take your mask off. I mean you're not hurting anybody, you know, But outside if you don't want to wear your mask, fine. When well, you go you go inside of a business, okay. They outside it look look safe because a matter of fact I do a business uh that's very close to me shut down yesterday. Because so somebody inside inside a business country virus. Well, that cost up caused them a whole day's profits for their stores. And nowadays, you know, uh, stores, you know, are uh, uh, really right now are trying to get as many customers they possibly could in. So you, could you imagine that people that work at that business had to shut down for a whole day? You know what I'm saying? It and, and may be longer only because somebody came into the store, you know, and tested but test and passed it on somebody else. So again, if you, if you, just for your loved ones, you know, especially the ones that. Been buried, and also don't pay for the one that's been buried, okay, but pay for the living the ones, their families that have been affected. You know, the people have made plans. Anytime you watch TV, radio, you're all talking about this, and we all can't be all on the same page. And right now, this is not just for our country, this is for our country around the world. Amen. Around the world, this is taking place. Amen. And unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, how you want to look at it, we're going into what, what is now called the uh, Second surge, you know, we I mean, you want know, to call it you know, the flu season, uh, you can call it, uh, it's getting stronger, whatever you want to call it, but one thing is for sure, it is increasing now that people got to go indoors. That doesn't mean the numbers are going up, have gone up, not going they have gone up right now. And and, 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 and please, you know, just, you know, please, why are you getting out there, you know, and also that please, please, just look out, matter of fact, here in the Midwest, and I was on the West. Already, the hospitals are overflowing. You know, beds right now, are, you know, at, at their limits. You know, a couple of years, a couple of months ago, we had, if you were talking about New York. You know, people in those tents. Well, right now in New York State, number is up front with the low numbers now, and unfortunately, we're going past where we were this spring when it got shut down. And so again, you know, uh, and this is. Not, you don't wear masks, you know, like a lot of people not in rural areas, you know, who, who walking around. We got a lot of men here in Missouri as a whole. Okay, I, I, and Like in our state, oh, my God, we are, we are, we've been a hot spot for months back in August. But our governor, Governor Parson, didn't want to admit that. Uh, and, and he was still wouldn't wear face masks. He would go places in government buildings, wouldn't wear face masks. Well, in a couple of those places he went one one was even a bedroom home better's bedroom, home, well, after he left there, uh, some people got sick and some people had died. And right now in, in our state alone, we have a lot of uh, a lot of people you know, who have been affected like never before. And, and this is something that can, that can easily be avoided. You know, this is not something that we're not not for, not familiar with, okay. But all we can ask you to do and, and we said to you again, please wear your face mask. You know, uh, matter of fact, in most places, you go, you ain't got to buy them no more. They give them to you. Now, that should change you something. Okay, when people these old times, they were giving you something. So just please, okay, just just you know, just take the mask, you know, and put it on, and also wash your hands. That's y'all you know, parents taught us years ago as kids: wash your hands, keepin' you get the germs off. You know, and matter of fact, uh, this, this this face mask, or the cupboard, what you want to call them. Uh, I was in my doctor, and i talked to several doctors since I was there, my doctor, a couple weeks ago. This is going to be going on into next year, because keep in mind, what we just went through, the numbers coming down, with them peaking right now at the highest, we got over 38 states right now being affected in some kind of way from this virus, 38 states, 38, and in none of those states, okay, do we see the numbers coming down? They're all going up. Now, that should tell you something. I mean, you can seen this believing. You know, and, and I think almost everybody, side understand my voice, no matter where you are, has a friend, I know somebody, I know somebody, has been affected by this. You know, and unfortunately, in the small town, you know, in the rural areas, you know, this is the, the, the most affected. Well, I hate to tell you, uh, but in the Big Ten carpets, about conference. Uh, you uh, you know, they're about to open their season. Well, unfortunately for uh, those 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 uh, small towns, they need the money. Okay, that they get they would get from the you know uh, fans being there, from the teams there. You know, having hotels they have to have me staying in, and the economy. Well, that would not be there. But now they're doing it for the television rights, and unfortunately. Uh, you know, we've we, we, been told now that a lot of young kids and these are young kids that fan football these are these matter of fact majority of these kids are uh, less than 20, 22 years old that are fan football. matter of fact last weekend uh, the gentleman the, the coach down at uh, Alabama, one of the top schools in the country well he and' catching the, catching the, you know the virus or he catch positive I should say so he had, he had to quarantine. And uh, but he came out after you know, a couple of days. Again, his numbers went down. But again, uh, you have all type of even major league sports right now. Football teams, um, you know, canceling you know canceling the games. Matter of fact, even this past week, uh, we had a game here. You know, in Kansas, well, Missouri, I should say, where the Kansas City Chiefs was scheduled to play last week, they ended up having the game on, on the Monday afternoon. And there's some other teams right now that's that that's you know that's moving things around as they try to get the season in, you know, and baseball, uh right now, uh, I guess they're in the home stretch, you know, for the uh the end of the World Series. As they have a sixty game season, so and they had to make some adjustment and uh thank God that the NBA uh they used the bubble concept and so their sports got you know they had their finals and also so did the National Hockey League. But in one of these cases, they made sure that, that where they were at. Matter of fact, even baseball now, you know, they're not playing in the, in the home team stadiums like they normally do. They're in a in a semi bubble, so to speak, uh, which is trying to protect their players, you know, and, you know, and the fans. They have a, a minimal amount of fans they can get into, into that with, with, with social distancing, and, you know, and that's, again. But this has everyone's attention. It was attention, so that's. But again, having said that, you do have sports again, you know, and 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 they're doing their best, you know, to go by the rules. Matter of fact, several football coaches were find large fines, and real, you know, for not wearing those face masks on the sidelines, you know. And, uh, and matter of fact, I know they they got yes, the large fines. They were threatened to take away draft choice, and guess what? coaches still wearing face masks just like that. You know, and all of a sudden, now they got face masks and they, they try trying to get them on. But again, uh, you know, I, I, I know it's a macho sport. I play football. In North Scott, you probably play football. My guy did to play
2: football. No, I never played football. Lacrosse was my game.
1: Oh, oh my God. Now, lacrosse is one of those games that's rougher than football. <laughs> because this, that, that's how I want the contact sport. am a right guy. We are we are armed with sticks in
4: lacrosse. I know. <laughs> hey, yes yeah, sir. When I was in school I played football in gym shorts. <laughs> well, and we was tack ta- and- well, <laughs> Also we was we tackled each other too. We didn't have no, no gear. Yeah. Yeah, that's in gym. We tackled each other. Oh yeah, well now, now, when I was in
1: when I was in school there. You know, we we of fact we played uh, was was called like uh, fifth soccer. You know, in, the, in the, they played this in the gym. You know, to hit the soccer ball.
4: Yeah.
1: You know, and well, I, I was playing that one day, and and a guy I went down for the ball, and I went and I was going you know toward the ball, and a guy that was gonna hit the ball, missed the ball, and hit me right in the eye. Wow. And for the first time in life I saw stars.
0: <laughs> I
1: <mean. laughs> Matter of fact I went down into the hospital, you know, and, uh, and I had stitches in my eyelids, you know, and it was like, whoa, buddy. But, but I said one thing though, so then stop playing that stock indoor soccer without fists inside. <laughs> but there was a real contact sport we were trying to play, you know, without fists, okay. And uh but again, uh but again, these contact sports, you know, are good for you. You no, know, you, know, you, know, you know, you know, it's good for you, but if the time is right or the conditions are right, you no, know, they're good. Oh, sorry. we got Brother Bill here. Uh, okay. Good morning or good afternoon, how are you? Well, I know it's good afternoon because well, Bill Kovac is a very good friend of mine. I said, "We male Kovac." i to pull you, Scott, I mean, uh, Bill, You know, uh, your picture's up on the screen today, with us today. And, uh, you know, uh, Scott... So they it, can throw
0: darts at
1: it, or what? <laughs> well, my picture, along with your picture, they throw that me and you, and... <laughs> and Scott. But, uh, but, no, you know, from what I was told, uh, Scott has a very nice picture, right, Scott? Yeah. And, sitting right now, it look, looks look, look, very nice, so people look at a very nice... Bill William L. Kovac, uh, uh, author of a, a couple of books right now. This is the second one we'll talk about today, but, uh, but first, uh, a little bit about Bill's background. Uh, Bill and I met some years ago uh, when I was in D.C. for NAC, the National Chamber of Commerce uh, Conference. And at uh, that time, Bill was the, uh, I think it was Zig Vice President of the uh, United States uh, Com- uh, Chamber of Commerce. But Bill has won many, many, many hats in his lifetime, so Bill, tell me a bit about Bill Kovac.
3: Well, right now, Bill Kovacs is at home talking with Ira, which is one of my favorite things to do. Oh, um, yeah, but, yeah. By, by way of background, uh, I, I worked for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce for uh, 27 years, and before that I was a lawyer and a chief counsel on Capitol Hill, and today um, I, I retired a few years ago to, to do something I always wanted to do, which is just to write, and that's what I've been doing. I, I've had two books out in the last Two and a half years, and I, I have a blog at www.reformthecacistocracy.com. I love no, that. Say,
1: it, say it again. We'll say that two more times. We say it three times. We give our DTS, email addresses,
3: and number three times. It's www.reform, uh, R E F O R M, B E T H E. And the last word is the tough one. It's an old Greek word called cacistocracy. K A K I S. T O C R A C Y dot com, uh, and the word "cakistocracy" um, means ruled by the least able and least principal citizens. And yeah, uh, That was two One more time. Okay. Uh, www. reform r e f o r m p a g cakistocracy K A K I S T O C R A C Y dot com um, and it's, it's really about how the federal government trans, transformed itself without any constitutional changes from one of a small government that really tried to represent the people to a massive government. Uh, the question becomes who do they represent anymore, and, um, you know, I spent the book writing it, and, you know, Ira, we, we've been talking about that a lot, but... It's getting more and more serious because yes. The government was formed for us. It wasn't formed for politicians. You,
1: you know, you know, you know, that's how you were on, okay, and then we just said I asked you a prediction in six months, okay, the how things would look. You recall that conversation? Yeah. Well, six months is gone by uh, pretty pretty much close to it. So as you look at, look around right now, give us your assessment. Well, I have I have several things. One is, if
3: you want to see why Congress has, and frankly, Congress doesn't represent you anymore, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of people are really hurting, and some of them aren't have uh, you know food or the ability to pay the rent. And we've got a Congress that agrees something needs to be done, but there are two. Wrapped up in their political goals to actually help people. Their political goals become all they care about. And and that's what we've got. We've got a Congress that cares about itself. Frankly, we have a president that cares about himself. We're probably gonna have if Biden believes we'll have a president elect who cares about himself. We've got to go back to some of the fundamentals. Voting and the people who are in office are there for people, common people, people who get up every day, go to work. You know, take care of families, work in the community. Congress is to represent them. Congress isn't here to represent uh, the wealthy and the large corporations, uh, the special interests, and frankly, their relatives.
1: Well, you know, you know, I think that's one thing that uh, I know. Uh, like even here in Missouri, as uh, you put it, Missouri, I got to tell you that we have played junior, uh, basically, lost his seat to a. A young lady, but I will say one thing that she's been a politician most of her life because her father is a politician. But uh, so she can understand a little bit about that, okay? But right now, uh, understanding who is important, and you know, uh, a lot of our politicians, you know, and I know and you know them personally, when they when they hear making these promises, you know, not just Congress people, you know, we got our governors, our state reps, you know, the whole all of them. When they're making these promises to us, okay, they said whatever they need to have to get in office, and all of a sudden they go totally in the wrong direction. Yeah, I mean, forget about who you were, you know, and that's why it's so important for people to you know, to call their congressmen, or the state reps, or senators, and let them know who you matter. We got, uh, I didn't remain anonymous for the time being, okay, but I know we're not talking about, but we got a gentleman. That was running for a state senator, you know, and uh, since he got on, he became state senator over two years ago, he forgot who we were. Guess yep. what, Scott? Guess what, Bill? He's going to call us again and come back on air again, okay, because he's going to get reelected. And yeah, what? Well, at least, least you've got phone memories. Number. Hmm? I was going to say, at least
3: they keep your phone number. I mean, one of the things that <laughs> citizens, really have to appreciate and and it's you know and look i'm 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 getting up there in years and uh i don't know that i ever appreciated as much in my life and that is how valuable the right to vote is thank you sir and right now in this country the only way that this system is ever going to change is if every person who is a voting agent can vote votes and, we're, and the government that they elect is the government we're going to have. But I would trust the American people to pick a much better than I would trust the political campaigns and the way they've, they've done it. And, and I say this because in the last election, we had 139 million people vote, which sounds like a lot of people. But we also had 111 million people, 111 million citizens in the United States did not vote, and, and most of them did not even register to vote. And that means that we have 43% of the population, that if they decided to they to get engaged, even for one day, and think about what it is that they want out of their government and vote, so we would have such a radical change. I call it a legalized revolution. We need people to get out and vote. That is the only way that any of us are going to impact this country. And and I, I honestly believe that if all of these people got out to vote, we'd have a lot more consensus than we have... Today, because I think the American people who get up every
1: day and go to work are a lot more closer together uh, than certainly than the political parties. Okay, you know, Let me ask you a question. Okay, since you know, uh, you know, you work, you know, you know, probably more extensive, you know, with communities around the country. But the one thing that you know, I look in the south. Okay, you know, and I was, you know, involved when they had the, know, poll, poll tax, you know, where. Out of Richmond, Mississippi, whereas I tell the story, well, if you went uh, to register to vote, okay, then you had to come back, you know, you know, to, you know, to, you know to take a test on so the street But before you came back, some matter, yes, I said one of them, I planted in a hood or something, saying, don't vote, don't vote, don't vote, don't vote. Well, right now, okay, there's been millions of dollars fighting right now to keep black people from voting. Why is that?
3: Well, I mean, I can tell you the same thing that, you know, you probably read in the newspapers. The fact is is that if you can the, the, I'm going to just say it, that the Republican Party thinks that if they can express votes, they will win. And you know, it, it's really that simple. And, and you know, I don't, you know, the black community is not a monolith anymore than the white community or the Latino community or any other community. They're going to be all over the place. The question is they, they, they have to sit down like everybody else and, and realize that they've got to go out and participate in the system, and if they do, uh, they have a chance to, to change it. Anyone who suppresses the vote should be put in jail. And one of the things that has really disturbed me about this election is you have a president who just says, well, maybe I'm not going to leave office even if I lose. He's, That's got, 300, he's got 399 lawsuits. Around the country, he's suing everybody. He doesn't want ballot boxes. He doesn't want drop boxes. Uh, now he's, you know, he's saying that you know all of the vote by mail is fraudulent. You get to a point where you say, you're the president of the country. You're supposed to be leading. You're supposed to be the one that protects the rights of every citizen in the United States. You're not to be. You're not to be the one who sits there and tries to destroy the place. And the voting drives me crazy. And what well, you Brought up about the voter intimidation. To be very honest with you, they just throw these people in jail, and and maybe this is where in, in the in in, in, the, in the black community uh, they should be able to find their local law enforcement and to help make sure that there's no intimidation. It's not simple. Uh,
0: uh, Bill, and Bill,
1: I, no, a, I know. I'm I definitely agree with you. Okay, you know, and uh, that's something that. Uh, I was allocated for, I, I can't count the voting drives I've you know, you know, made in my life, but, but the one thing, you know, I always value, and I know you do, people, the right to vote, people are die for that, you know, and I've seen that, you know, and I tell my kids, you know, and uh, anyone that I know, please vote because that's the only time, no matter who you are, you're equal that day. To any, you, any millionaire, you got the same right that they have. You need to vote. You're equal on that day. Actually,
3: I, 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 actually I, I'd like to say that on on the day you vote is the day that just the common man, the common woman, the common people who get up every day and go to work. We're more
1: than people because we're just more of us. And yes. that's why they've got to vote. You know, I guess, you know, put it that way, and that's the thing that I'm going to start advocating for, that and that, you know, and our numbers are greater, you know. And I guess I guess we hear this all the time that one percent of the, you know, controls, you know, the rest of the well. Well, that should be a mention right there that that should be something that makes you want to vote right there because, again, you know, you know, the ones that's, you know, rich, 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 you know, the laws, you know, that are made out here, they make the laws. Mm hmm. You know, I tell people, you know, and I know John, uh, 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 Senator Danforth, you know, uh, ran, you know, helped with his campaign years ago. And, you know, as we all know that uh, John Danforth, and I get another general, Hines, uh, he uh, got him from Hines Kitchen, they, you uh, Rockefeller, they were all rich, rich families, you know, rich men, but they didn't have any power until they became a politician. Right? Well, yeah. <laughs> you
4: know You know what I mean? It.
1: You know, and you know and you know and that that tells you the power of being in, in politics. You know, what I mean and, you know and you know, and some of them get in politics and get rich. Okay, but for those who are are guilty rich, you know, like, like right now I'm telling that. Uh whatever wealth where you say he had a, how you, you know, Rick, about him, he's been rich most of his life. Well, this is the first time in his entire life that he has power. And I was in Isabel from a person that's lived through this Power goes to people take you. But we've well, let them do it. It's awful. We, yeah. we, my, my whole first
3: book, Reform of the Socracy, is about how these people took power. We didn't give we didn't give it to the Constitution. They passed one law after another which said politicians have power. First you have power to make more laws. Then you have power to exempt yourself from the law. Then you have power to make sure that your rich friends are exempt from the law. So you're in a position where if you're a, a starving kid and you go into a store and you, you, you take some food, uh, you're going to find yourself in jail. Or you do some marijuana and you find yourself in jail. But if you're a banker, uh, like in the 2008 banking crisis, and you steal a billion dollars, you're fine. You're our friend. Give more campaign contributions and everybody likes you and they go off on your yacht. This is insanity <laughs> right now. We've got <laughs> to bring the country back to common sense.
0: And even right now, you know,
1: as we have this conversation, uh, we just came out of a, 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 a thing with, with, with drugs, you know, about uh, you know, the uh, opioids that we want to call them, how they were illegally put into the country by the doctors. Well, today, not one pharmaceutical company owner, matter of fact, we talked about this earlier, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the top ones. That owned by a, a, a rich family, saying, Well, we have uh, pleaded guilty and we'll pay an $8 billion fine, but they're saying now we don't want to do any, any prison time. And this probably won't do any prison time. How does that work like that? Well,
3: uh, it's really simple. You... Um, the way it works, and, and, and I hate to get this, but as a lawyer, I did this a few times. What happens is when you have a family that owns a business and they do something wrong, and in my instances, was that I was representing these people, they contaminated water supplies. In this instance, they illegally sold opioids and, and to, to get people indicted. But what happens is that the family itself, the people, say, We'll pay you the money and throw the corporate seal in jail, but don't throw us in jail. So in this instance, with, with, the, with the drug company that you're talking about, this is even worse. The family that uh, actually caused all these problems, uh, they've got the money out of the company, and they're gone, and they're going to live in their estates and their islands or wherever they're going to live. The company's going to end up going bankrupt, and the government's not going to get any of the money. So this is what the deal is. These are all the deals. Bankers do the deal, the, the Wall Street does the deals. Pharmaceuticals do the deal. Everybody does a deal and the American people both suffer for it and pay for it. And again it comes back to everybody's gotta get off their butts and get out there and vote for the country they want. And if you, and if people got up and voted in the kind of numbers that they need to vote, these politicians would be so scared of them they might actually do something.
1: Yeah, and I, think I know know uh, I was a very really young man and in fact yeah, I was a very really young man in my twenties. And I was uh, first time I ever got really involved. I went to a, a convention, and I was, at that point worked with local six eighty eight back in the days. You know, what a young man here and given was just falling from power with the teachers. But anyway, I worked in the and We went to a conference in Detroit. Now, I know for this just as long as I lived, a gentleman I named Bill Lucy, and Bill Lucy was secretary of trade
2: for the meat union. He said, he said this. These words are very clear. The powerless have things done unto
1: them, and the powerful have things. The powerless have things done to them, and the power have things done for them. Yeah. Yep. True words have not been spoken before in my life. I've ever heard.
3: Yep. I. You know, that's that's the state of the affairs. But, you know, maybe it'll change. Uh, that's all you can hope for. I mean, all you can really hope for is that that people are getting... One, I think that, you know, with the pandemic and the people know what the government is or isn't willing to do, and I think the fact that they can't come to an negotiated agreement to help people uh, before the election for political reasons is one of the dumbest things I've ever... i the other because right
1: now, it's our money, okay, that the Senate right now, you know, we're talking about a millionaires it's the Senate right now, who are the ones... Refusing to, uh, to, uh, to vote on this, and you know, I, and you know, and I kind of blame with Democrats was kind of getting on this. But they have sent Democrats have sent to send bills over, you know, for, you know, for months and months and months and months and months. But now they can rush through a senator in less than 30 days. You know, they can do that, and we've been asking for help that the country has as a whole for the stimulus, and things are getting worse. And now McConnell saying. I don't have time to do it now, even when the president is telling him right now to do this. You know what I'm saying? And, and, the, and the House is saying do this. He said, I ain't going to do this. Yeah. What's
3: going on is the old, it's the old scam. The House passes a bill and the Senate won't take it up. And the Senate passes a bill and the House won't take it up. And they both blame each other. That's, both parties want the same thing. They want nothing. So, the Democrats don't want to really pass to say, see, the Republicans won't even give you money for, you know, pandemic relief. And the Republicans will say, see, the, the, the Democrats have this lousy bill and we just, we just can't do it. Um, it's, it's sort of like, um, remember when John Kerry ran for president and he was always saying what he supported and he had said one time, well, I voted for that bill before I voted against it. Well, that's... All this parliamentary procedure allows every single member of Congress to say they voted for something and against something. Or it allows the Senate to say, you know, it's, it's the House's fault and the House does it's the Senate's fault. Look, we're all grown-ups. We, we all live in this world. We all know what the problems are. You come to a deal, because the fact is you have, you know, 115 or 130 million people. That are hurting and need a little bit of help. I mean, how much? How difficult is that to understand? Well,
1: well, well, well Bill, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm at, I'm at a loss, you know, uh, you know, well, to me, you know, and then in spite of, you know, to my hypocrisy, you want to call it, in the, um, uh, uh, Ms. Ginsburg, uh, she dies, you know, on the, the Supreme Court, God that's her soul. Then all of a sudden, you can do something like this, something that you want. And you know, and like the other day, you know, the Senate uh, did pass a bill, like you just said, that was they knew, they knew that it was gonna fail, you know. Okay, you know, and it was less than five, I mean, less than five billion dollars, or billion dollars, something like that. Which is a lot of money, don't get me wrong. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: okay, <laughs> but but uh, but again, uh, they knew it was gonna fail because it only addressed. Certain things, and, and one of the things that uh, we all know right now, uh, no matter where you are, we talked about this on the for the program, the hospitals around in every state right now are uh, I Like in Missouri, our hospitals are running over. Uh, I mean, and then our governor right now is, is still not listening or uh, doing the things that he can do. And he, as a matter of fact, uh, the people that uh, a couple of years ago will be a little history for you. Uh, when he called Obamacare, well, Missouri kind of turned it down, and so uh, back in 2018, the, 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 the people in the state voted for so them to have that. Well, even today, okay, there's over 100 some thousand people, 100 more, that there's than a where the government has yet to put that into effect in the in, in, in our and so that would have been a lot of to a, a whole lot of people. And so again, it's like you know, even here, in, you know, in Missouri, uh, on our ballot this time around, we have an issue here. Well, this is uh, you know, I come from our list uh, that there with redistricting, whereas they um, we all voted for this that we can be independently done, and that's not, not, not what and a lot of lot be done by the power of that be. Well, we voted for that in two thousand eighteen also. Well, let's say this all us. That's not what what you, what you meant. And then, so now they're trying to put something. We got someone on on on, 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 on uh, here now called Amendment Three, trying to overthrow that. we is something we had voted for. And, <laughs> and so I'm saying, in our state, the law okay, we want to miss a front, you know. And, and then naturally in our in the legislature, we got a uh, you know uh, uh, a great majority for the Republican, great majority in the House and the Senate, and also there are uh, well, on one statewide official. And she's running for governor. You know, and so, but again, so uh, but right now, the people, you know, while these games are being played, people are losing their lives, Bill. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and yeah, it. yeah, and in the face of that, still, you know, the governor caught, you no, know, you know, you
1: know, the virus himself. And even the day that he, that, uh, that they, that he knew he was, he was infected, he still had a health up meeting in a government building in Jeff city, not fake California. Be yeah, but it all it, you know, it all comes back
3: to Why did we form a government? Who is government formed for? I would argue it was formed for the people uh, Clearly yeah. The way that the power Structure has moved today The government Governments for the government, governments for the politicians They're the ones with all the power They're the ones who are able to Manipulate things, they're the ones who are able to Pass the laws, they're the ones who interpret the laws You know it doesn't matter. And you've, you've got to ask some funds. We, we get so tied up in all these laws and stuff. It's a very real question. Who is the government set up to represent? I would argue that it was set up to represent people. The way the government has transformed over the years, it's set up to represent itself. That's the most fundamental question anyone can ask. Why do we have a government who does it represent? And to me, once you ask that question, it starts in a very common sense way telling you what to do. And again, it comes back to every person who can vote needs to get out there and vote. However you vote doesn't matter, but their collective vote helps tell people where they have to go. And the more Mm -hmm. people to vote, the more pressure on these politicians to make them do the right thing.
1: Well Bill, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, people don't quite understand this, but even I can have this discussion kind of clarify. Around the country right now we got a whole lot of people who are voting, you know, as we speak. And the numbers are out the roof. Yeah. Now now unfortunately uh, for the uh, Republicans in the past, they have been able to block black people the from voting. You know what I mean? You know, to supposed to vote for lack of a better description. And so now with the uh, with the uh, people voting earlier, okay, that takes away one, one, two, from their two boxes to vote, you know, to block people from voting. But in the meantime, there was something that the president, you know, and he was talking about the million million ballots. Well, million in ballots are going to privilege for, you know, for, for decades, you know, people. The I mean, president votes by, you know, he's just miling his. I those, they Obama, and so the president, you got people suing around the country that like you see them all of lawsuits, and you know that's wasting money right there. Just why are you trying to sue? use our money to sue against us for using our rights? Well, I have my, I have an article coming
3: out on on both my blog and in a, in. A, Paper called Libertarian Republic, which is actually published in in Missouri, and it really addresses that it addresses that that exact question. And I start off by you know Benjamin Franklin quote, where, where he was asked after the Constitutional Convention, you know, what kind of government do we have? Monarchy or republic? And he says, you have a republic, but you can keep it. And I go through the exact scenario that you're that you're talking about. And one of the things that I really fear is going on with just the way. The 399 lawsuits are there and how the Trump administration is really talking about how they're going to challenge all these cases. The reason that Trump wanted Barrett on the court is the court is divided 4-4 without her. With on, it's 5-4. He might be in a position where he appoints her to the bench and she's the new justice, with all these 399 lawsuits coming to the Supreme Court or a couple of them will come at least and she's the deciding vote so does she, what does she do? she's not going to recuse herself does she vote to make him the president after he four her? I mean, we've got some serious problems I mean, you know, she's going to do whatever she wants but she's got a conflict of or the parent conflict of interest I'm not saying it's real she's a parent conflict of interest where it just looks bad and the fact is, is that Trump is installed by the Supreme Court as president, uh, and they avoid the the proper way, which would be in an election where uh, neither party has the 270 electoral votes. That goes through the states, and it goes through Congress. It does not go to the court at all. Uh, Right now there is a process where the states pick the electors and they, they send them. If there are competing electors, then it's up to the House and the Senate to decide which elect, which electors they want. And if there's a tie, then it goes to the governor. If, they, if, if the two candidates still do not have the 270 electoral votes, then at that point in time, it's up to Congress, only by state, pick the next president. The Supreme Court has absolutely nothing to do with the election of a president. It is not in the Constitution. When the Supreme Court did this in 2000 with George Bush, they literally took the authority away from Congress. So
1: we uh, got some problems here. I was about to say that about, about, about hang the hanging chain is most famously known. Right. We have very serious, we
3: very serious problems because the Supreme Court. You know, when I see these 399 cases, what that says to me is, I'm going to create as much confusion as I possibly can create. Make well, sure Bill, everybody's confused. Get the court involved and let the court do it because I don't want to have I don't want to have Congress in the states do it.
1: Well, Bill, Bill, not only that. Okay, uh, no, we have to we have to uh, bring to people's attention. The fact that we talk about the Supreme Court, but we are looking at the uh, in even in, 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 in districts around the country that the uh, Republicans uh, and, I, and this was a dumb move on um, Schumer's part. I never understand why he did this. Well, they let them put in, let the Republicans put in judges on the oh, well, a couple hundred judges, okay, and, uh, at all levels. In matter where there were no, no blacks, there were, there were you know, appointed all white judges. Around the country, at all levels, and, and you know, and these lifetime performance, the, you know, for judges on the federal benches, and so they are more sure. Okay, with the sure that if it gets, you know, it's a lawsuit, and you appeal it, it's gonna go to your, uh, you know, your court from your the state. If on the state, it's just, uh, <laughs> gonna go to, you know, you know, to the supreme appeal court. To the supreme court, and then from there they to go. To the federal judge and up, to, up to the appeal process to the Supreme Court, right? And, and so now you're not by people, you're governed by the courts. I mean, right now we got, uh, like, the Supreme Court just the other day struck down. You know, was in, like in, in uh, it was in, in Philadelphia how they were saying for well, first a mail-in ballot at so you time they got a few days late, you know, they they wouldn't count, you know, and right and that was taking away your rights there. Okay. But there are other states now that are you know, still doing that. And so that's why I said now, you know, we, we're actually, uh, you know, in most states right now, we're going by, uh, by, uh, by, by, by voting and being, I uh, determined who, gets who what, who is, you know, you know, uh, by the court now. Yes. Yeah. Well, voting, I mean, it, it really has always been a state function. Um,
3: so, I mean, you do have different deadlines and stuff. In my mind, I, I think we could deal with how the different states act. Uh, what we can't deal with is having the Supreme Court come in and tell all the states how to act.
1: Right, um, yeah. Okay. In terms of, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, anyway, I was going
4: to but go ahead. we
3: just No, I was just going to comment. I was really intrigued by your comment of you know, they're appointing all white judges. <laughs> I, I think right there, you know, in one sense, I, I blended on the black community. You've got to be much more forceful uh, with your representatives. If you're all, you know, if you're happy with all their decisions, that's great. But clearly, you're not. And clearly, the blacks aren't being represented on, on, on the courts. And that's where you really have to deal with. The political parties again. It comes back to what you said before. They have so much power. They have the power to appoint and confirm all every judge in the entire United States. They have the power to to make any law they want. They have the power to put you in jail if that's what they decide to do. They have the power to get a a warrant to wiretap your house. I mean, we have a we have a fundamental problem in getting our acts straight in this country right now. And part of getting the acts straight is. Is, is really a lot of just simple things. I mean, I'm, we don't need complex things. We need simple things common sense, fairness, decency. I mean, how hard is this? Well,
1: good. Well, you, 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 you went to write to where I was leading to there. And it comes to like your racism in the country when it comes to, to the laws. And I'll point what happened in Kentucky with the, with the no not situation there and also I can point to the uh, to, you know, what happened you know, with the floor and some other people blacks around the country, how is that, that even even here, here in Missouri, uh, uh, and the, uh, the Michael Brown case uh, you know, came up in I think Kentucky where the juror, the juror who, who sued to tell what happened because the grand jury process, I think, you know, is very, very fraud, for lack of better description the way it, it, it handles police cases, you know, and, and, and this, and I think what's happening in Kentucky, kind of expose what the uh, attorney, general, what, the, what the prosecutor attorney tells the grand jury out here in St. Louis, okay, when Michael Bell was, you know, was killed. Uh, Mr. McCullough, who was a, who, the, who was the prosecutor attorney at that time, did lose, okay, but when he did handle the case there with the grand jury, I mean, so, 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 no, so, so, I mean, so again, you know, the, 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 the people did, respond and move them from office so right now it was raised with that in one in, in Kentucky giving your thoughts about that in that case there what the grand jury was able to sue to, to, you know, to tell what what was what was what was they gave to, uh, to del- deliberate on and not anything you know, that, that involved the, the lady being killed with the no knock once and also on top of that they had to state of Kentucky paid $12 dollars out so somebody had to be guilty of yeah, you don't give a
3: million dollars. You've heard the uh, old saying on grand juries: a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. They can do. It. Yeah, part of, part of the problem, Ira, is in this country, is that our political people, and our judicial people, and our justice people, they can just do what they want. Uh huh. And and again, it comes back to citizens have. to and more, I had to say it. you
1: just have to spend the time to put some controls on these people. Well, you know, I firmly, I firmly agree. You know, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time. You know, you know, uh, hold your politician. But I find anybody that, 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 especially a politician like we just said. I don't care where you are, who who this program. You all can have one day. And you can vote out who's ever in office. And I think right now, uh, you know, in fact, I think the Republicans in, in the Senate kind of see there's going to be a lot of people losing office now because they have uh, committed themselves. You know, we used to have a Republican party, you know, which I worked with in the past. But now Republicans that are here in the last four years became yes men and all for the wrong thing. Yeah. How does to be Bill? Well, people, when people get
3: get in these positions of power, very everything good happens to them. They they don't live the same life that you and I live. Uh, I'll tell you a little story, and this goes back. I'm I'm going to say it goes back 35 years when I I was practicing law then, and uh, I was a lot younger, and I had hair, and college, <laughs> 75 fewer pounds, and a lot of other things. Um, but I had represented a guy who was a, who was a, a former, former congressman, chair of a very important committee, and uh, he was fairly wealthy. And for whatever reason, he got uh, he, he got caught with tax evasion, and and he went to jail. And when he came out of jail, you know, he started some businesses because he still had a lot of money. and And I was having dinner with him, and and I just asked him. I said. Why would you do something that stupid when you have all the money in the world? Why would you be that dumb to, to try to get out of paying your fair share of taxes? And he said to me, which is something I've never forgotten. And it's pretty close to word for word. He said, Bill, one of the things I want to tell you is that when you're a member of Congress, everything happens to you that's good. Your kid gets a scholarship to the best schools. You get the cheapest price on a car. If somebody's got a partnership in your community, they're always making you a silent partner and you don't even have to put in any money. Everything good happens to you. And I've never forgotten that because that's why they want to stay there so bad is because everything good happens to them. And if they happen to lose by some freak, freak accident, Uh, they end up going and making more money because everybody's got to take care of them because nobody wants them to talk. I can tell you other stories, too. Uh, (laughs) I mean, uh, some of the stories, it's one of the reasons I wrote the book. It's like, okay, guys, the joke's up. You know, we've got, this country is in really, I want to just say terrible shape. I'm not talking because of the pandemic. The pandemic just makes everything worse. But before the pandemic, we were great Big, big debt, debt is growing and growing and growing. We have yeah. a fundamental unfairness. You know, we have the richest one-tenth of one percent of the population owning as much wealth as the entire bottom 50 percent. When you have the lower 25 or 30 percent literally living paycheck to paycheck or not even being able to live paycheck, paycheck. And, and, and you have more and more wealth uh, being accumulated every day, you have people making billions of dollars, uh, and the people working uh, have to have two jobs and and they have to go on Medicare to get health insurance. Mm -hmm. We have problems. And we have to start saying, you know, they're not difficult. You answer a few questions. Who is the government working? That's always my first question. Then the second question is, what are we really talking about? We're talking about a society where we like a little bit of fairness. We like a judicial system that always took care of being on the side of justice. Not being on the side of of politics. But We need a little bit of common sense and a little bit of decency. And these aren't, we don't need more laws. We have have four or 500,000 laws. We need common sense.
1: Well, Bill, that brings me around to our Dave's topic that we're going to talk about today. You know, we got around to it. The, The last book that you wrote is called The Left, no Red Book on Forming a New. Green Republic. Now, uh, one of the things that you talk about in the first part of the book is you talk about
0: uh, uh, Mr. Well, you call it Chairman uh, Mao,
1: Chairman know. Mao, yeah, Chairman, Chairman Mao. Okay, but uh, but uh, in those days, okay, let me tell the here that uh, uh, he had a, a little red book that he kind of you, know, you, know, you know put together. It wasn't a very big book, you know, like yours—a little small book here. And it just when, when I get out of this, Bill, that the words that you say have power, and that's—and this book actually teaches about that. If any book, any book, a big book a little book, <laughs> you know how you want to want to categorize it. Yeah, it's so, a yeah. so, yeah, it's a little okay. And uh, matter of fact, I got to an with you, when you said to me, you know, I was looking for, you know, that's like what I got. And now. But I read, I said, but this book, you know, uh kind of enlightens, you know, the uh, the person that, you know, think they know what they don't know, that they should know about where we find ourselves right now, you know. And, and I guess as I sorted out, as a matter of fact, uh, I I ended up quoting some of your book on my program last week. We were in discussion, you know. Uh, I got what we were talking about, but of the power of the words that you say, you, you know. And and and, like, and right now, words matter. Tell tell a little bit how you kind of came about writing the book, you know, and and, and what and and, and and you know, and and, and and I guess what was the impetus that made you feel it was now was the right kind of right. Well. Um,
3: the impetus was, you know, my, my first book, Reform the Taxocracy, Um it was a, it, it really was a treatise. It was something you really had to spend hours and hours and hours on to sort of, sort of get through it, understand the ideas, think about it. Uh, and, you know, frankly, a lot of people just don't have the time to do this. And so what I wanted to do, so I wanted to write something that was, one, fun for me, Uh, And two, I don't want it so clear and simple that it could could explain in in a very few words how politicians make these promises where they want to give the appearance of saying one thing, but they really mean another. And I wanted it to be so clear that people could understand who he likes it, have to understand this. And so I came up with, you know, my poems. Capitals they've been around forever, since the 16th century, they were used for, you know, grade school education. And I said, I'm going to write one of those, and I'm going to explain when the, the radical left talks about the Green New Deal and how we are going to deal with, with climate change. Uh, you know, they make it sound like we're going to have these beautiful bicycle paths and everyone's going to walk to work and there's going to be an abundance of food and everybody's going to be happy and the world's going to be perfect. And so what the book does is it goes through and and it talks about what the environmentalists are promising, but then it talks about their quotes. All of the environmentalists talk about capitalism must go. The truth is not relevant. The goal of what you say is to convince the person to support you, even if everything that you're promising hurts them. Um, they're talking about the depletion of resources, and they want to talk about how if all the resources are going to be gone. They, you know, They've been talking about the oil being gone since Herbert Hoover was president. And they were saying it's going to dry up and it's going to dry up. We have more oil today than we've ever had in the history of the world. But they want you to believe that if all the oil goes, you've got to to stop buying products. You've got to stop living the life you have, that you should be ashamed of having a a car. They want you off the street because they want the streets for themselves. They want you out of the supermarket because it's their food. They, They, again, coming back to the 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 politicians. There's just a different standard. But one of the things that uh, I found the most interesting is uh, there's a chapter on, it it says, humans must go to save
1: the planet. And, uh, you know, so when you have all these environmental... I found that chapter chapter very interesting. Okay. (laughs) So and very about, especially the fact that it goes back for so many years that this has been basically being said. Yeah, and when you have people like Jacques Cousteau, uh,
3: who's very well known, uh, yes. you know, he says it's terrible to say this, but the world population must be must be stabilized, and to do it, we must eliminate three hundred and fifty thousand people a day. This is a well-known scientist who's saying, we've got to get get rid of these people. And you've got a guy today who runs the Wildlands, Wildlands Project, and he says the collective needs of the non-human species must take precedence over the desires of humans. In other words, animals have more rights than humans. So when you start putting these quotes together, these people are saying things that are more frightening than anything anyone can imagine. They're saying...
1: Bill, let me say this to you, okay? So you just said there, okay? That that uh, that uh, it, it's one hundred percent true, here in Missouri, uh, and and this has taken place in the last couple of years, okay? We have people that have did something to dogs and to cats, and they have got more terms that people will kill people. Not need no time in jail, if you would actually kill people. Yeah. Do I mean, you, you, know you want to know something more? Do you
3: want to know something more? justice right here more frightening if you look at federal law federal law gives more protections and and more food and housing security to animals than they do to homeless
1: yeah oh my oh my god yes there's no no matter of fact uh i hate to say it uh you know the 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 homeless person is in fact not existent existence i mean when they come to have someone well, I think I always say this, you know, this is true, Bill, that the homeless people that don't have
0: lobbyists
1: lot to get them benefits. You know, I'm I working right now on a deal, you know, for some to see the city St. Louis right now, uh, for homeless, uh, homeless funds, uh, for the people right now, that are the homeless during the pandemic, which has made things even worse than they were before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Because right now, you know, the homeless people, uh, if you're not aware, when it gets cold, okay, they kind of get together, okay, to stay warm. Now, a person that never been cold before, they don't understand that, <laughs> okay. Well, for a person that's been homeless, okay, I know someone that's homeless. Well, that's the worst thing that can take place, okay, for a homeless person. Right now is the pandemic that we have now. So that will me to my question, Bill. With the pandemic. We we spoke the last time. You know, you know, we had this right prior to this pandemic hitting us. Okay, we had our bad conversation. Well, now that the pandemic has hit us right now, how bad uh, uh,
0: are things gonna get in your in your opinion?
1: Knowing what we what you know, and you know, and knowing understanding that uh, that, that, that that the powerful uh, I use the words that I. For power have been done for them, and the power have things done unto them. As we look at it right now, the reality of the Congress saying we don't care about you because we don't, you know, we don't care who you are. We're not going to give you know health benefits. We're not going to help your schools. We're not going to help your citizens, the police department, farmers.
3: of that stuff. Well, Ira, hopefully when we get out of this, we we, we start thinking about what our priorities are in this country. You know, one of the priorities. You got people have to get health care. I mean, that's um, and it shouldn't be a hard it shouldn't be a hard concept because you know right now the way the system is structured, about thirty five percent of all of the cost of healthcare is is just literally paperwork. Mm -hmm. You know, if we just passing insurance papers around,
2: and and in my
3: book in in reform the cactusocracy, I go through a lot of ways in which. Uh, money can, you know, be saved. We have uh, we have a couple thousand programs that have not been reauthorized by Congress worth a hundred billion dollars. Uh, it's not been reauthorized; they shouldn't be laws. The Congress deems them laws. Well, that's a hundred billion dollars right there. Then you take another three hundred fifty billion dollars that's being wasted on on paperwork. That's four hundred fifty billion dollars. Uh, and you start really prioritizing the government. The government has to, you have to look. Every day of your life, you wake up and you say, I got so much money and here's what I got to spend it on. Well, the government needs to do that too. That's the first thing. The second thing is, I think the government has to start, after the pandemic, asking itself some very basic questions. We have a president right now who won't wear masks. He has, he has, and I don't even know if the science is right, but I know one thing that if everybody is telling me, or 99% of the scientists are telling me you better wear a mask when you go outside, you know, I'm not really stupid. I'm just going to wear a mask. So <laughs> what? I mean, so what? You wear a mask. Um, and, and that's the kind of common sense. that You have a president who wants to put it in everybody's face. He doesn't... Trump has never understood he's president of the country. It's his duty to lead, not break the law. And, and it, it's just gotten to the point where... Again, coming back to the common sense. Look, if, if somebody told you you were going into a room where everybody was sick and their diseases were contagious, you'd probably say, gee, do I want to go there? <laughs> and i uh, would say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't say, I'm going to go in there and I'm there," uh, and, Or well, better yet, everybody is, is fine and you're sick. And, and you say, well, I'm going to make them all sick. <laughs> Our heads are just screwed up. Uh, and, and so, when you ask where we're going to go, I, I think it really depends. One is um, after the pandemic, and, and who knows when that's going to be? Another year, year and a half. It's another year and a half, and we and, and these people don't have health care, and and, they, and Congress can't figure out how to get money to them, and we're still worried about you know every time we do anything, we give away a little bit to the people, we give more away to the rich. We're not going to make. I mean, if you read the literature, I read this stuff every day, there's more and more articles about this country not making it. There's no reason this country can't make it. But we've got to get our act together. And part of it is getting it together, is to get the politicians to understand they represent us and to start prioritizing things, why do we need to make all these grants to everybody in the world to study everything? People need to eat. It's so simple. You know, you, you prioritize. What do people? What do people need in this country? They need some They need some healthcare. They need some housing. And then you start working back. Look, you and I have talked about this for years on housing. Thirty, thirty percent, thirty five percent of the cost of a new house is is regulatory issues. I mean, look, we we we've, we've talked about it. You know how much it costs to build one house, one unit for a full person in San Francisco, one
1: unit, for a full oh person in San Francisco, $800,000. $800, Are we crazy? You know, crazy? You know, I spent time in San Francisco, and I remember uh, reading one of the papers, in one of the small communities around there, that the mayor had to move out. Because the, the the cost of living, okay, in the, the house, on a the, the, the home there, he couldn't afford it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you, and you're the mayor and you're passing the laws here, then all of a sudden you find out you cannot you cannot afford to be to live here. No. That's a care. It it's intended. It's
3: not, I mean, not, I <laughs> You're being kind. I think it's just insanity.
1: And it is no insane. It's, in the insane. it's insane. It's insane. in fact, you would not believe that in any country in the world would that take place but in America. Right. You know, they
3: have these, these things, you know, if you look at some of the studies on, on homelessness and job training and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the extent that you can get a person in a, in a house uh, where they have a stable existence and they have food, uh, that's the easiest way to get a person off the drugs or whatever and back in, into society. We've got to begin focusing on things that, that work, as opposed to saying, well, we're going to, we're going to put in more regulations so the cost of housing is now more. Um, and, you know, you and I have talked about it, and, you know, you we're talking about hay pie. I mean, the thing that was very interesting to me when we were running some of the numbers is that the cost of building one of the units, one unit of poor low-income housing in Hayti, was, I don't know, what was it, $325,000, but the average cost of a house in Hayti was only 125000 Yes.
1: You
3: know, we've got it, and, and maybe we're going the wrong way. Maybe you just, you know,
1: start fixing up all of these houses. Why should we get invest? But you know, Bill. You know, you know, and I in caught out in, in another life, okay, in, in, a, in St. Louis. You've been here in Midtown, St. Louis, you know, and we call it to the West End. I was I built about twenty by twenty about twenty-five houses, and I uh, stopped building the houses because what what, what what we just what you just said here uh, to build a house, uh, every everything in a house is predictable how much your them are gonna cost you and how much your wire gonna cost you, how much it's gonna cost you. But it's it's the regulatory part, okay. That that's that that made me leave it alone. Because they kept changing the rules, okay, that, that went against common sense. Right. You know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and and you know, although like I said, we built been some houses, okay and Changing the neighborhood around, I, you know, they, like we had to change the neighborhood around. house in the the the, the 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 cold city, you can only build a house on like a thirty or thirty-five foot lot. that was the, you know, the requirements in the city, right? Well, our house had lots, and then were one hundred fifty feet lots. Well, Native people love them, and so they we sold then they, they sold right away. I mean, it's just hard way, without like, you no know, you know, without getting you know, uh money on the city, you know, to build a house the old fashioned way. And so yeah. naturally so, so naturally when they start changing rules around, okay, which was able to kinda of run me out run me out of it, I was, hey, I'm not I don't start fighting with you about something I know that I know should be is difficult. And yeah. now we're to have this conversation about what we're gonna do in hate time here. You know, it's like beating me around again, okay, what you know, common sense <laughs> You know, gets lost in the conversations. It does, we've got, to find a, we've got to find a way to
3: get get back to it. I think that you know, when you know, if you put it, Republican just ordinary republicans and Democrat, you know, it's amazing how close the positions are, and how you know, normal people can sort of say, "Well, yeah, you right, yeah, you're right," or "Yeah, you're wrong." But they seem to be able. Become the solution. Once you put it in the political world, there's there are no solutions anymore.
1: Like I said, you know, when you when you put put the political stuff into it, uh, the common sense, the methods of being uh, something that's real simple, I should say, gets complicated. Chuckle right. a couple minutes. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and you know, and I mean, that's the thing. You know, that uh, as, as, as as we look around. You know, uh, and, you know, in you know, and, and reading your book, the thing that I like about it is that you kind of get straight to the to, to the point. Take what uh, um, Chairman Mao was talking about, but in this in this book that you have here, you are using common sense, you know, things that, what I said earlier, the powerful have things done for them, and the powerless have things done unto them, and this is exactly what we're watching right now, take place before our eyes. Yeah, one of the um, one of the
3: you know one of the quotes that I that I use in there. It's an old George Orwell quote where he said, "Political language is designed to make lies sound truthful, <laughs> and to give the appearance of, and to give the appearance of solidity to wind." And uh, that's what we're dealing with. These people—they've invented this whole new language. Yeah. And 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 that's the vote for. But I voted for it before I voted against it. Or uh, for you know, they just like it. It's a it's a political language, and we need to really get rid of it. It doesn't. It's not helping. It's not helping
1: us. Well, I guess, uh, Chuck, just should just join the What are your thoughts? What
2: you hear so far? with your, your good friend Bill Kovacs. Uh, I, I'm just coming in on the. Uh, Tail end of, of, of what it was. I'm not sure exactly what the original topic was, but in this so we, day and age, we got a whole lot on uh, uh, political influence. Okay, well, we talked about the
1: Bill wrote a book, you know, it's called the Left Little Red Book on Forming a New Green Republic. And in it, okay, uh, okay. So, okay. okay. He's, we talked about from, from Chairman Mao's book, the Little Red Book that he had years, years ago. It's probably still around, you know, the mentioned been used. But uh, in that book, you know, I'm probably familiar with it, but we're coming in this great book, how now to be in our country, that we're talking a whole new language to people. I'm right, like, right. yeah. you that right. Everybody doesn't understand, you know, what's going on. But I said to him, you know, I was a young man, I went to a conference uh, with uh, a lot of other people in those days, and I went to a conference up in Detroit, a gentleman named Bill Lucy, who was the head of the uh, uh, recall unit at that time? He said, something that stood with me. The powerless, the powerless have things done unto them, and the powerful have things done for them." And that's why I look around now and see that then more true than it was you back, back back in the oh my god, back in the seventies. Now I commented so, on that before, so I was let check though. Go, go, go ahead, Chuck. So, uh, uh,
2: I'm, I'm really have I think I've just kind of defaulted into taking a seat in the grandstands on the fifty-yard line
0: <laughs>
2: and amazed at what we're seeing, what we're witnessing, and the challenging of the thresholds of, of what was <laughs> constitutional, democratic representation. And what that has become in terms of what we see and what we're experiencing. Amen. The uh, the 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 topics that 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 Mr. Kovacs is talking about. You you can you can read it, but you you know it takes a lot to understand how to translate into our world, our reality, and uh, what we're seeing and. I think we're uh, we're we're on the verge of either way. Whichever candidate wins, I think we're crossed into a whole new territory. A whole uh, new world. I, I agree with that, Chuck. I think that's perceptive. I, I think if
3: you know if Trump wins, we're going to have four more years of, of resistance, and it's going to be far worse than anything that happened in, in Portland and Seattle. And if Biden wins. Uh, they're moving pretty quickly towards the socialist agenda, which is going to spark whatever reaction from the business community.
1: I, I think we're in trouble either way. I think you you in trouble. You know, you know, you know General, I think one of the things that, okay, that our present-day uh, generations don't understand what socialism means. I mean, I mean they're, not, they're not familiar with it. are kind of from Russia. You know? I mean, it's... it's uh, uh, what, for me, what it actually means and, and how it's going to affect them what they could be. I mean, we're always used to going with something that sounds new to us, and that's the thing we want to do. Well, I mean, socialism is pretty simple. It's the redistribution of resources. I know I know that, but I mean, we know that, you are not both, you know, both are okay, but I think when they hear it, okay, and hearing it from a young person saying this, okay, which is something... That uh, I, I don't think it's a good idea <laughs> for myself personally, but, uh, but 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 again, you know, we should
3: see. Ira no matter how they redistribute it, there's only one certain truth in politics: the people at the top will benefit, and the people at the bottom won't.
1: <laughs> and there's nothing else to say. Yeah, uh, well, that's, you know, I'm going to be on. A-
3: well, you know, I don't wanna take I don't wanna to take too much time. I you know, one of the things I think that's really crucial as we work our way through all of this. We haven't talked about education at all today, and that's something that really if there's if there's something that this society needs desperately, it's education and, and unfortunately with the with the cancel culture and, and the limits on, on speech it's gonna be hard to get into education. And then with the pandemic and you have so many kids in the inner city who don't even have Laptops or Wi or, or, or Wi-Fi or five G. Um, the most important thing they could get is an education, and they have an inability to get it. So we're going to have that. That again, it's just one of those common sense things It's a
1: priority. Well, Bill, what Bill, having said about education, unfortunately, you know, we you know we just spoke about the young generation. It's the old like like big like business owners. Most of them right now need education, right, job about what they can do, what they can do, how either business I mean, actually works, to understand what they're actually doing. The education the process, education is a continuum. You never get fully educated, you know, even if you got degrees, okay, they go back and get more degrees, because they still got to understand how how it's affecting you as you, as you get more education
2: and, and the times are changing. Right, Chuck? Yeah, I agree, and but it's not necessarily a uh, academic education it's almost like it's almost like vocational and and depending on what type of business you have and what you do but the fundamental stuff is by far uh the most important and approaching it with a trial and error type of thing versus it's almost like an app or any of these things you're doing online now you almost just have to click and see what happens, or explore all the different options on a menu, or something to, to learn about what what you have to work with and and how you use it, how you work with it. We're we're at a time now where it is totally about education or totally about learning something that you were less familiar with, and how are you going to go about doing that? You know, and it's it, it's it's a it's a challenging time, without a doubt. But uh, as, as Bill had mentioned, education is basically just gone out the window.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, we're seeing what you get in a virtual reality in terms of like uh, online learning. It's a totally different thing. And there's a lot. It's almost like uh, uh, customer support with no... <laughs> live person to take your call oh yes <laughs> that's everybody i call i think yeah
1: you know, yeah. you know just the other day gentlemen, i was uh on my cell phone uh i'm told to have unlimited data unlimited everything okay well for the last three months okay you know i went to the store This and you know there's, there's a mistake with you did so all of a sudden my stuffs closed. in fact the other day we're gonna do the zoom call right well, all of a sudden, this, 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 this my dinner started taking place. I, I was pissed off. So the other day, must have busted and I'm It took me eight calls to get to a human being. By that time, you know, but that's how did. And I talked to my daughter down in Georgia with my grandson, and she thought his grades were bad, and she, she had talked to the teacher, and when they were showing them online, and what the reality was. Totally different. Even on the grade system, you had good grades, you didn't know it. So, by comparing that to uh, customer service, okay. <laughs> you know, and you're then and, and, and the computer, they're only going to repeat what they put into it. But, <laughs> well, gentlemen, Bill, let me both of you gentlemen, I'm, my, I'm my a here. We were kids, they had a, a culture called Superman, remember that? Yeah. And we all thought that uh walk around and those guys walking around in uniforms, you know, looking just like, you know, we said they gotta be crazy. You know, they do not wearing a uniform. Right now, every company you got in that guy uniform. Yeah. And, and, and all the things that we thought wouldn't take place and then we had the jetsons. Look at us now. <laughs> Yeah, well, bring back the Flintstones, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come out a little We're going there with the Flintstone commercials running wide here lately. But again, it's like now with Bill uh, and, and, and Chuck, you know, I, you know, I know you guys yeah, know each other well, but one thing I will commend you both on, you're trying to educate people about what they don't know or how they can participate in the process that they lift them out of. It's you, Bill, and the stuff that you're writing about, You've been there, done that, done that, been that, done that, and you didn't just go you pick know, your model to go home and sound satisfied. You're going back now trying to put, put, create some breadcrumbs along the way for us to follow to see if we can people to pick them up and, 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 and utilize them to make a difference. And the same way with, with, with our chambers. What we do it now with the American Dream Fund, people we work with us now, uh, they're, we're trying to bring people you know, and, and knowledge and a path to get to it that was not there before.
2: Well, I raise your hands
3: well Yeah, it it does. It's why people have to vote?
2: They have to get out.
3: They have to vote.
2: Bill, let me let me ask you a question, uh, and then maybe everyone can uh, value your 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 take on it. I know you're a uh, supreme insightful observationist. Well, I'll, all right. What do you, you have to right. have to have there <laughs> well what what do you what, what are you seeing as what's transpiring with the election what, where do you, where is it headed well i I'm, I'm you know I've expressed my comments on this
3: several times today I'm really somewhat disgusted about it um i, I think you have you know look, you have a president of the United States who's supposed to implement the laws lead the people. Get everybody on the same side, and he's trying to disrupt the election with 399 lawsuits, allegations of fraud. Uh, you know, the Democrats aren't the, the brightest light bulbs. I mean, you know, sending hundreds of millions of ballots out to who knows where and letting people collect them. I mean, we, we had months knowing that this was going to be a problem, and the states could have ex- you know, extended their deadlines. There were a lot of things they could do, so I think both sides really feel like they have a stake uh in, in in really making the ele- election um confusing and the second thing i think you know pushing through uh Barrett, uh the, the concern i have there is that she's not going to recuse herself she may be the fifth vote based on the pennsylvania case last week she may be the fifth vote to you know put, put trump in uh, again we have a we have a constitutional statutory process which tells us how to go through these elections we have an electoral college uh, if there are disputes within the state the states can put up um, competing uh, elect electors Congress has to decide which electors are the right ones which are the wrong ones if they don't agree then, then it goes to the governor of the state who knows you know how the politics are going to but we have a process in which it's a political process in which the courts are involved so I feel like somebody's trying to steal the election based on Bush versus Gore and, and I really don't like that. So, what you know, my position is really simple. This is a time where the people have to take control of the politics because the politicians can't. They're, they're going to screw it up, and they're going to make sure whatever they do is corrupt. And the people have to get out in such large numbers. Every We have 111 million people in this country, 43% of all relative or eligible voters who don't vote and who aren't registered to vote. It's just a shame. And I just feel like whenever side wins, I don't really care. But I really, because I think if the people speak, we know which way we're going to go. Uh, but not to have 43% of the population vote. One of the things, that I read an interesting thing the other day, if the last election were based on Brewster's Millions where you had none of the above, you would have had, uh, you would have had 26% for Trump, 28% for Trump. Clinton, and 43% for none of the above. I mean, that's where we are, and we've got to get over that. I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy, but I, I just think people have to really, the politicians aren't going to take care of us. They, they, they can't. They're too busy taking care of themselves.
1: Well, well, well you know, Bill, I think, I think you know, uh, uh, one, one thing that's going to be noticed, you know, most we the time we don't see a notice for the shift, okay? But I think this time, um, voters are going to show, well, they take place in the presidency, but they're going to see a noticeable notice shift in the country of the Senate this time around. I mean, the way the way you know, senators are being quiet on certain issues, the way, uh, you know, uh, you know, right now, most times senators are in there and they, they have no power to be reelected. And now you got at least seven eight senators, including Graham right now, uh, you know, kind of you can see him sitting in, in the hearing, sitting there like, this may be my last time here. You know, I'm gratifying my mom. I'm, I'm sitting here as a chairman. be my last time. Because uh, people right now want to make some changes to people that they can actually see. Yeah.
3: Um, I guess my only concern would be, I would be, and part of me says, I'd like to, you know, if the House stayed Democratic and, and Biden won, that would be fine as long as the Senate stayed in Republican hands to sort of stop some of the crazy stuff. Um, we really need checks and balances in the system. That's how the system was set up. That's very important to keeping to to, to, to to stop the trains from going off the tracks.
1: Well, I, I, I want to read with you, but right now, uh, either way you go, I think we're headed for a train wreck. What do you think, you
2: <laughs> For what? We're headed for a train wreck. I, I think we're, I think we're definitely, I think we're definitely going into some uncharted areas, and if I said it's a train wreck, that that would really be pessimistic. But it's, I really fear for the unknown, and I, I'm, I may not agree with President Trump in many things, but I have an idea where and what to anticipate or how he's going to react in maybe certain situations. And within that, there is some, uh, a degree of stability. On the other hand, with uh, the Biden campaign, they've really just in the past maybe two weeks started coming out with a little bit more detail about what they intend or what their plans are and the little things that come out, like um, he used the phrase transitioning away from fossil fuels. Well, that's on one hand not a surprise in a, in a philosophical or theoretical approach, but that's, an, that's a tip of the iceberg. They may come out and just totally slash everything right away. And, and my problem, my challenge with that is Maybe one company alone, that's 55,000 people going to be out of work right away. And that's not, even though they're claiming that's fixing one problem, it's creating one that's probably bigger and more immediate while we have these other things going on. And I don't, I don't think COVID-19 is uh, President Trump's fault. You know, he may have chose to respond and deal with it how he chose, but I don't know if anybody else could have done, you know, done it doing it differently. How much better would it have been? It's all always like it's easy to criticize the person that's out there now, but I, I don't I don't blame him for that, and I do blame people that feel they don't have to wear a mask or they they're willing to take that risk. I mean, there's a lot of freedom that has been. Uh, exercised, that it it may have gone to the negative, you know, it's gone about it, but uh, that same phrase of train wreck is the same thing that we don't really know what's going to happen, and that's that's a train wreck in itself. I know, that's my point, point, I remember years
1: ago, uh, when I retired, I was at WW, and I sit down, uh, and they asked me, and the locals here asked me to uh, kind of map out, you know, for the IBW where our future was going to be at. And one thing that I came up with was electric cars. Well, that was going like, like game buses at that time, you know, and, but, you know but that just had fell off the drawing board, but now it's coming up again. We had talked about things such as that around the world, using that, and stuff think like think deals early on in the conversation that for the first time in our country, we got more oil than ever before. We are selling all people nowadays. In the past, we always were buying oil. And I see that's a transition we never thought we would be in our lives. So, and we be the ones selling oil before the buying oil. Yeah, I, I, I wonder about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, I'm just looking you just look around, you know, as, 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 as I hate to say, we're on tight 10 with uh, with. Uh, Hey, if around on the deck, okay, but you look at the, the broader pictures, uh, and social energy, you know, so the panel was going strong years ago, and all of a sudden, they slowed that down, where it was, was, uh, it was like, you know, entrepreneurs was pushing that. They slowed it down, and when the government came in to control that, you know, from entrepreneurs. I know they didn't look in, in Missouri. Uh, where you know people get attention, well, the the, the, the medical company came in and said, no, we're gonna do this not you." As a matter of fact, after they got all the data for themselves, they need to make sure certain things now. So, little man.
3: So, well, you're, you're 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 both getting to the point where, you know, I don't, you know, Chuck, ch- um, you know, I think you you really hit why I wrote the book. I. I think no, we don't you. know what it, we don't know what anybody is saying because it's all in political political uh-huh. news. And I and I think you know I I think if we're going to all be surprised with a Trump second term or a Biden first term. I think you're going to see Trump much more authoritative than he has ever been because that's just him. And I think you're going to see a Biden extraordinarily absent and maybe only serving for a while as President Harris coming in. And moving directly towards some form of uh, hard left socialism. So I think that both of them are, too, both the candidates are probably to some extent not being honest with us as to where they're really going to go. And um, that's the reason I wrote the book, is because as I, as I keep on uh, you know, quoting, quoting uh, George or- Orwell, a political language is designed to make lies sound truthful and to give the appearance of the solidity of pure wind. And that's what we're getting. They're trying to tell us that wind is solid, both of them. And I think we got to be really careful, and that's where I sort of view the train wreck that, that Ira talked about because I think well, we're, we're going to be surprised whoever wins because events are going to go in a totally different direction than anybody's anticipated. Yeah,
1: the well, so cool in the 60s. Well, somebody said, uh, and I read this. Uh, this is Bill Brooks. This is going to be the New Deal, the New Society, the, the Moonshot, the Civil Rights Movement of our generation. We don't have time to sit on our hands as our planet burns. For young people, climate change is bigger than election or reelection. It's life or death. And Bill, uh, that was from uh, AOC. They call it Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She said that in December the third, when she first got it, no, uh, she was running
3: with that, yes. But then uh, the next quote uh, in that very same
1: section is from the yeah, I, 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 I read it for you. It said, The interesting thing about the Green Deal is it wasn't originally a climate thing at all. Do you guys think of it as a climate thing? Because we really think it as how do you change the entire economy thing. That, that,
3: that's pure talk of socialism. So, you know, I'm, in both those quotes, I'm trying to flush out what is it that you politicians are really saying, and they're not quite saying it the, the, the way it sounds. They're, they're, they're really, one's really telling us we're going towards socialism, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's really what the aim of all of this is. Chuck,
0: your thoughts
1: on that? Chuck, sure. your thoughts on that? You never sure. lost, Chuck. Sure. No, he's still here. Chuck? Sure. Sure. No, he's still here. I kind of see him. But uh, he's not commenting here. Mr. Chuck DeVoe, Global Ambassador of the National Human Commerce. Yes, sir. Okay. What were your thoughts on what we're going to talk
2: about? I'm, I'm really, I'm really perplexed that uh, I'm troubled by, by the okay. whole thing. Thank you, sir. I'm really, I'm really uncomfortable, and you know, I mean, consider all the factors. I think, I think, was a the day after the last debate, Friday, I mean, they said 8 million people voted that day. That's you know, uh, early voting or uh, uh, something happened. And whether, you, you know, you're waiting on your mail-in ballot, I mean, and it's different in each state. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, well, the media is leading us to believe, truthfully, that Biden's already won it. And everybody there polling and surveying seems to be a Biden candidate or a Biden supporter. And the concerns about uh, intimidation and all, all this kind of stuff is going on has really been a, uh, uh, what do you call it? when They, 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 like make, they make you feel like a, a panic kind of environment. And, uh, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe it's rightful, maybe it really exists, but I don't see it and I don't feel
0: it. I, you know, I, now that we're in this new uh, lifestyle.